everybody. This is Kevin at Podcast for Me. I'm your host, Kevin, also known as K-Dog or K-Dizzle or DJ K-Smooth. No, I think that's somebody. Anywho, I was going to do a review in the car, of course, because that's what I do nowadays, of um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So I just recently watched that movie. It's a Quentin Tarantino movie. I'm a big fan of Quentin Tarantino. Loved seen all of his movies. Loved all his movies. Um, but what? But there were some things I could predict in his movies that aren't the norm in the popularity of conversations. Meaning, yeah, in his movies he's always got lots of dialogue. In his movies he's got a lot of drawn out scenes, like a just to set the mood, the setting. It's always elaborate music, you know, always old school music. He's kind of stuck in that era. And, uh, well, just music just out of general. Like, music plays a presence within his movies. But he play. there's other things in his movies, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, let me do a spoiler review, spoiler-free review real quick. Um, it's a... Not a well-paced movie, but that's that's a Quentin Tarantino movie. They don't have good pacing. Uh, it's uh, but I like it. You know, it's okay. It sets up a mood. He his the way he sets up a movie is he sets it up in moods and rhythms. So you're kind of like just going along on the ride. So basically, he would film uh, a car drive. Like you really need to see that, I guess. Or you'll see someone ride their horse for a long period of time. Shit like that. It's old school. It's kind of like good, bad, and ugly. You know, with the five minutes of staring at each other and all that bullshit. Well, anywho, uh, there's a lot of that. Uh, you got your uh, strong female characters, kind of, you know. You got your uh, strong male characters, of course, you know. And then you got your uh, kind of interwoven story. Now, they likened it to Pulp Fiction, and I could see how that can work in a way but the movie is more coherent like it's it's like a straightforward move it's not like this part's this way and this part's that way there's no narrative in that direction it's just several things are happening but we're just focused on these two main characters Dalton who is a uh, declining actor and a stuntman uh, Clint and their journey together and just uh, it's almost like it's an eye in the window of these two people, you know. You can give me, you can make several movies about these fucking guys, but the movie w- uh, ends in in a way where it, it, it starts at one spot, you know, failing career to maybe the hope of a better career at the very end. I liked it in a grand scheme of things. It's not Quentin Tarantino's best movie. They they really are pushing it to. They're hyping it to be like, oh, it's his best movie ever, next to Pulp Fiction. I I, I know. I, I don't see that. Um, I would give this movie a seven. You know. Well, anyways, let me let me break the story in. So, spoiler alert! If you haven't seen this movie, here he comes. One, two, three. Spoiler. So, the movie uh, is about Dalton. Uh, he's a cowboy guy, I guess, back in the day. Not cowboy, cowboy, but like he played a cowboy, and uh, he's getting parts with the, as a bad guy in the upcoming shows. Like every time there's a TV show, they need a guest starring this guy, and this is they they would do this back then. But I never noticed it to be this case, but it would be a thing in which the the, the guy from this popular show would come in and he'd be the bad guy for the week, and um, he's talking to this uh, director. 
and the director lets him in on on what's going on. He goes, "Look, they this is what the television stations television stations do. They uh, they get the famous actor and they make him the bad guy, and the bad guy gets beat every every fucking week, and society sees this and uh, recognizes you as a person who's a def- who's a defeated person, and." Um, you know, the only way to really uh, jet start, jump start your career is to go to Italy and become a spaghetti western guy. And he gives him kind of a prospect of hope. This doesn't sound good to, Bal- uh, to Dalton or whatever his name is. He's like, ah, shit, my career is over. He starts crying to his uh, best friend, uh, Clint, who's a stuntman. And, um, you know, he doesn't want to go to Italy because that's like, to him, that's like the B team, you know. They're not going to be famous there. But you soon will have no choice. So the movie plays on and um, it's it's a thing in which um, you're just kind of feeling out the characters. A lot, a lot of cutscenes of, of driving and listening to music. And that kind of plays into the, uh, the movie as well. You'll, you'll see the movie and there will be a dramatic scene, a very suspenseful theme. And at the same time, someone's watching TV in the background. And it's actually the TV show that they're watching. It just so happens it mirrors what's going on in real life. So, um, well, one interaction. There's a lot of little interactions, and there's that doesn't really forward the plot. They're just setting up the players. They show Sharon Tate. They uh, in her in her way by played by Margot Robbie, and they made a big deal about her not having many lines. But I. I that's a hit or miss, really. The part of the movie for her is more of a... You're just supposed to just kind of fall in love with this character. Because you know... Uh, if you know history or going into the movie, it's playing on you knowing this. Because she's supposed to die. She's supposed to get killed in the most gruesome way. So you're just kind of feeling the character out. She's enjoying being an actress. Her life is good. She she uh, she stars in this movie. She likes the fact that she's the funny character. It's all good. She just really likes the popularity. She likes to be liked, and that's what's happening. And uh, she's a real wholesome character, really. That's all they do with her. They introduce you to Bruce Lee for a brief moment, and that's just a... Uh, I, I didn't see... It didn't have to have a part in the movie, but it just plays it up in the sense that um, you get to feel the character out. Like, Clint, don't fuck with no one. So there's a situation in which... Um, uh, what is that? Dalton's in a movie, and uh, they go, Hey, look, I got a stuntman. You know, I want him to go and do something, and I want him to work too. And he's trying to hook his buddy up. And it turns out, oh, they do introduce the scene. It's funny. Um, I don't even know why, but they do. Uh, it turns out Clint, back in the day, killed his wife, got away with it. Yeah, or they kind of leave it ambiguous. His, uh, they, they show it in a flashback in which uh, Brad Pitt or uh, uh, Cliff, he's on a boat drinking. He's got his, he's, about, he's, on, the, he's on a boat about to uh, scuba dive. <clears throat> he's got these goggles on. And um, he's he's just there, and he he's got his harpoon with him. So I guess he's spear fishing or something like that. And his wife is bitching at him the whole time. She's like, "You're a piece of shit," just shitting all over him. <laughs> and there he is drinking beer with a spear gun aimed at her. Not like he's aiming at her, but it's 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 on his knee, pointing out. And she puts herself in that position. His hands on the trigger. She's still bitching at him, and they cut the scene. So. <laughs> he may have accidentally shot her or he did shoot her. They don't really say. <coughs> so, 
so they uh they say so the director is like look i can't bring her him in because my wife says that he killed somebody and i tend to believe her and then they go back and forth and they let him become a, a stuntman for the movie. So the stuntmen are all chilling and there there is uh, Bruce Lee holding conference with everybody. Everyone's just chilling and Bruce Lee's talking all this shit. And um, I know a lot about Bruce Lee, you know, studying wise. And it's kind of funny to see him in this light. I never really, because you, you, you deify these kinds of people, you know, Bruce Lee legend, right? But then here you got this guy, small guy, because Bruce Lee was small. He was buff, in a way, but he was he was a small guy, you know. And um, Cliff is a big dude, you know. Cliff is uh, played by uh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt ain't no small guy, and he's badass, a bit of a badass, you know. I guess he went to war or something. And um, you got Bruce Lee talking all this shit. He's talking. Everyone's like, whoa, because you know they didn't have the internet back then. So nobody knew who Bruce Lee was. They just knew. They just saw this new shit that he was doing, and it was fucking crazy, kicking and how fast he was. And um, he's talking how like he could beat people's ass, and if you were to fu- and somebody asked, could you beat up uh, some fa- uh, Cassius Clay or some famous boxer? And Bruce Lee says he tries to play it off like, nah, man, we'd never fight. Da, 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 da. And then he goes, yeah, I- I'd beat him. And so Brad Pitt's character, Cliff, sneers, goes, whatever, you know? And then Bruce Lee's like, you think this is funny? And starts to start shit with them. So Bruce Lee, being the guy who he is, does it back down and says, look, let's throw, let's throw bones, you know? You, you versus me, whoever knocks each other out, we just don't hit each other in the face. And I could actually see this happening. Bruce Lee did have bravado. I think he did. I mean, I wasn't there with him, and I wouldn't know. But, like, taking from what I know from the character, it seems kind of realistic. Because he's talking about how he fuck people up. I mean, like, you know, you're the small guy, you know, in town. You can fuck people up. Why not brag? I mean, we have countless examples of boxers and fighters bragging and shit. And they don't look like much, you know, from one point of view. But they could kick the shit out of people, you know. Have you ever seen a Navy SEAL? Not all of them are fucking diesel. Some of them are just kind of like normal looking guys who could kill you with their fingernails. You know, flung at you. So, anyways, this is going down. Bruce Lee fucking kicks him and um, knocks him down. And Cliff's like, fuck, do that shit again. And then so Bruce Lee goes in, you know, he starts going, wah, wah, wah. He does his thing. He goes and kicks him. And um, this time, uh, Cliff is ready. And he picks him up and throws him into a car. Fucks his shit up. Because he's a bigger guy. <laughs> and he can fight too, I guess. And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, Bruce Lee could really fuck him up. He could hit him in the legs and then fuck him up in the face. But maybe maybe he wasn't really ready for an actual person to fight. So you could argue a lot of points here. But it was, it felt pretty good. They were, then they start going at it and they're doing all this kind of kung fu kind of shit. And um, it's pretty tight, you know. And then it gets broken up. So it's one to one. And we don't know who won. And uh, that's it. And people like, are all pissed about that. And Bruce Lee can't lose. And... Bruce Lee didn't lose that fight. You don't know what could have happened. It was just a cool little scene, you know, to inject comedy. It was unnecessary, but just adds to the character, you know, if, if anything. You know, he could have done anything to add to the character, and he chose that. I thought that was cool. Uh, meanwhile, this is all going on. They're introducing you to Charles Manson scoping out the, um, the, uh, the, the, the Hollywood 
place and uh, you're kind of thinking to yourself, you know, maybe, you know, because you, you know, it, well, going in that Charles Manson fucking gets people killed and shit, so he's scoping out Hollywood and you see like bits and pieces of them. And um, the movie's progressing. There's not much really happening. It's just you're just feeling through, you know? You're seeing Sharon Tate's life as she's watching movies of herself and getting off on it. Like, yeah, this is great. And then you see in Dalton trying to, like, get a career going. And um, that's it. He meets this little girl who's pretty smart. And she's very feminist. And it was pretty cool, you know? Very intelligent, feminist, smart. I wonder who she was. She's probably someone famous. I'm not going to look into it, nor do I care. Uh, but, uh... She's the she's in the commercial. She's the one who says that was some of the best acting I've ever seen, and that just breaks down uh, Dalton. He's like, Meh. he cries a lot too. Those tantrums. Very emotional guy. But you know what cool thing is in this movie is that he stutters. Uh, the actor uh, that uh, Dalton is, or Leonardo DiCaprio, he he stu- he stutters. That's how he normally is. He stutters. It t- has ticks. But then when he's acting, he's like dead on. You know, he does flub a couple of lines. Which they make a scene of that, but in the end, he stutter. He hides his stutter well when he acts. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, another cool part was when he was reading, when he's explaining this book to this child. It was about a westerner who, uh, a, a, a guy, a cowboy, who used to break in horses. You know, and they could break any horse in. So he was like the best when he was young. And as he gets older, he's trying to figure out what to do with his life, which is a parallel for him, which makes him ultimately just break down and cry, you know. But that that was pretty cool. Um, then then the plot kind of moves forward in a way where uh, yeah, Brad Pitt uh, he's been seeing this one young girl around and uh, waving at her and shit, and he, she needs a ride to some ranch. And she wants to, uh, she's real young. She's like 18, but, or maybe 17, but she tries to fuck him or something like that. She kind of like insinuates that, the, that she could get it on. And he's like, I'm not going to jail for that. You got, you, you, you are not 18. I know you're not. So he's pretty like centered. They go to the, the ranch and there's like, you could already tell there's tension cause there's, it's weird. He goes to a ranch he's been to before cause he used to work there. And there's a bunch of, bunch of women there, like young girls there, and uh, a couple guys. But it seems like a cult. It seems like he knows it's a cult. He knows some shit. He calls them hippies. He goes, a bunch of fucking hippies. He thought it was weird. But he knows the person who works there or uh, owns the ranch. And he's like, where? he's asking around, where's the... At first, everyone likes him because he's cool and handsome. But then they go, they all ask, uh, where is... Um, where he asks, uh, where's the ranch owner, the guy who owns the place? Because he used to work with them back. And um, everyone gets all weird about it, you know. And he goes to the main house, and uh, this one girl's there. And uh, she, she's, I guess, the leader of the girls when Charles Manson's not around. And she's all like, you know, he's asleep because I fucked him. He's taking a nap. And she comes up with this weird fucking story of why he needs to take a nap so they can watch some kind of movie or whatever. And it just sounds fake. So Brad Pitt goes in. He goes, I'm going to go through this fucking door. And I'm going to say hi to him with my own eyes. There ain't a fucking thing you could do. Or some shit like that. And she lets him in. And, and she's watching some show where the tension music plays. 
and she finds he finds um, the guy that he's looking for. So it, as it turns out, everything she said was truthful to to an extent. But as he's talking to the to the old man, he sees what's going on. She he's blind. He gets to fuck this chick, and um, when uh, when uh, when the price to fuck this one chick is he lets all these hippie people live on his ranch. It's a good trade off. He feels that they're taking advantage of him, but he's getting what he wants, so why bother? So he walks away and he says, fuck this place, you know? And it feels weird. Like, as he's going up to that door, it felt like, right, before you knew that the, 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 the ranch owner was alive, you really, I really thought he was dead. Honestly, they, they tricked me. They played a suspenseful movie. I was, uh, I was on the edge of my seat. The, the suspenseful music. Uh, so he gets to his car and there's a knife in his car and this is how badass Cliff is man there's a fucking ton of people I'm like man don't. in my head I'm like don't start shit but I'm not Cliff Cliff will fuck up everybody there and he's smart he's not dumb so he's got he's got a he, he, he's Batman basically that's pretty cool so he goes to um, fight him not fight him he goes to his car and there's a knife in his car and he turns around and it's like this uh this skinny dude, you know, he's sitting on a, on a fence and he's laughing at him. And he goes, did you do this? And the guy starts laughing. He, he goes, and then Cliff says, calmly said, hey, look, this is, my, uh, this is my boss's car. And I might get in trouble if you fucking hurt it. So, but good thing he has a spare tire. So he brings out the spare tire, the shit to, to undo, to fix it. And, um... The other guy starts laughing. He goes, you're going to fix my car. And then Cliff walks up to him, punches him in the face. Everyone gets up. It gets DEFCON 10, you know. So they're going to get more people, but they're not there. They're going to get this guy named Tex. They're going to go get him. And he's supposed to, like, I guess he enforces shit. But meanwhile, Brad Pitt's kicking the shit out of this guy. Just fucking him up. And then all of a sudden, all the girls start coming towards him. Like, they're going to help him. And then he looks at him and goes take one more step and I'll break this dude's teeth in and everyone stops in their tracks and he starts fixing the car and he's like can I clean my face and then the Brad Pitt's all like nah stay there and bleed you can do it after you fix the car some shit like that so he <laughs> so as he's fixing the car in shame he's looking at his uh at the girls one girl's like mouthing I love you like like that's a thing and uh he drives off as soon as Tex gets there, who's just another guy who's on a horse for some reason. He's nothing special about him. Drives off. That's a cool little scene. Establishes there's crazy people there. <laughs> they uh, they they do this time change where they go five months later. It turns out <laughs> a bunch of shit happens. Um, in that time, uh, Dalton meets up with some Italian chick and marries her. And they have a t and then Dalton has a talk with the stuntman. The end of an error. He goes, "Hey, I can't afford you anymore. That's the way it is. We gotta break up." And that's like his best friend. So it kind of hurts and it's weird, cause shit's changing. So they get on their plane and they get fucked up and they're gonna drink off. You know, they're gonna drink. You know, like to celebrate, kind of like say goodbye to each other, which is kind of weird. Cause they're best friends. So I mean, like, that's kind of an odd thing. So they get fucked up. They um, they're all drinking. Brad Pitt smokes some kind of a cigarette that has acid in it. He fucking totally regrets it, but he's fucking high as a kite. Everyone's drunk in their bed, sleeping. And um, those hippies are going to go kill Dalton and them. And uh, 
I, just because that, that's what they're going to do. So it's a group of people. They have a couple alt, uh, conversations in a car, but it doesn't fucking matter. Oh, yeah, and uh, Cliff's got a dog for some reason, a stunt dog that he's trained, I guess. And uh, they break into the fucking house. Everyone's fucked up because uh, they're drunk or on acid. And Dalton's there with a can of dog food in his hand because he's going to feed his dog. And he's acting all fucked up and high because he's high. And uh, they're saying they're going to kill him and that they're the devil. And he goes, okay. And then as soon as they start some shit, you know, because some Italian lady comes out. His wife is like, what the fuck's going on? And it's like, then he takes action. He throws the can at this one lady's face. It's very graphic. He breaks her face with the can. And uses the dog to fucking bite a bunch of people. Basically, it's the most brutal fucking uh, fight ever, you know. Fucking up these three girls and one guy. And um, he gets stabbed in the leg, but he bashes this lady's head in and everything. He fucks this lady up hard. Meanwhile, this other lady's fucking all fucked up. Her nose is broken. She got bit by a dog. And she's flailing around with the gun. And she's screaming. And she falls into the pool, which turns out Dalton, drunk as fuck, is listening to music on his, um, whatever the fuck. And he can't hear. So he, this, he sees this lady. So he's surprised. He's like, what the fuck? And this lady, oh, yeah. So in the beginning of the movie, they were, they, the guy was talking about how he learned how to use a flamethrower for a movie. So that was just the thing they introduced. Nobody cares. But um, at the very end of the movie, the fucking lady with her going crazy flips out, shooting his gun. So Dalton gets out of the pool, gets his flamethrower that he owns, and turn, and sets her on fire. Basically, the Charlie Man- Charles Manson people die. This is not what happened in reality, but it's cool that it happened, I guess. And um, everything's all right. Dalton lives. Everybody lives. And uh, they're best friends. He goes, I'll meet you tomorrow with some bagels. You know, and uh, all of a sudden, Sharon Tate's like, what the fuck? Because they're next door neighbors. Sharon Tate, this famous director, Polanski, who uh, raped some girl in real life. But it's all good now. Uh, he he invites, invites him up. And this is a big deal because, like, he might get a movie out of this. His career might come back. And uh, that's how the movie really ends. You know, that's not how reality is. And it'd be cool if reality ended that way, but that's not how it went down. Sharon Tate was killed, pregnant, baby ripped out of her fucking stomach and bled everywhere. It was terrible. It was fucking terrible. But that's not what happened here. Happy ending, all loves, all hugs and kisses. Pretty good movie. That's the end of it. Now, something I've noticed with uh, Tarantino's last, like, four or five movies is that he... At first, I thought it was funny when I was growing up, but it, it seems like he he creates a scenario in which you could get away with brutalizing a woman. Like, he fucks them up. Like, if you're a girl in one of his movies, you're going to die in a horrific way or get beat up in some fucking weird way. And, yeah, he's going to show some feet. There is a scene of feet on a window. I always look for it. There's some feet. You see some feet on a window, and you're just right there while the scene's going on. Because she's hanging out in the car. And she puts her feet up. And the camera's pressed against the feet with the car. I bet nobody notices that. But I think Quentin Tarantino has a bit of a foot fetish. Uh, that being said. Then you got this whole. Uh, women. Like he shows it graphically. That they fuck these women up. And in the context of the movie. It does make sense. you know, Because they're fucking evil. They need to die. They need to be brutalized. But I mean. 
I just say, like, every movie, not every, but most of his movies had, like, a woman, like, he'll have a strong woman character, I guess, but he will brutalize a woman, too. Like, he did it in Hateful Eight with uh, the one chick who's, like, an evil bastard, but, yeah, she gets beat up, you know? And then you got Kill Bill. Of course, you got her getting all fucked up, Uma Thurman, as well as being raped and shit. And uh, then the second one, they just show how they brutalize this other fa- chick who kind of looks like Uma Thurman. You got Glorious Bastard. They choked this one lady to death, which actually Quentin Tarantino did himself. Choked her and t- convinced the actress to choke herself. I mean, to choke her on camera. You got you got Hateful Eight. What else you got? Django. You got depictions of uh, him dragging this fucking slave girl around and just, just brutalizing her. Uh... What else you got going on here? And then you got this one with the three chicks. I mean, yeah, you could craft any scenario to fuck up a woman. But I've noticed that's an ongoing thing. Dudes fucking up women and uh, feet. <laughs> Let's see. Let me go further back. Pulp Fiction. See, he was just starting out, I think. I think after Kill Bill, that's when he just really just went after it. I'm trying to think. Yeah, this is the way it is. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, man. As I saw him... These people beating as uh, as I saw uh, Brad Pitt beating his uh, beating these women up. I mean, he's smashing their faces into shit, just really fucking them up. And I thought to myself, I was like, yeah, I guess, I, I guess for the scene it works. But I wonder if he does that in every movie. Like he figures a way how he can fuck up a woman. They're gonna give him Star Trek, so I, I want to see how he goes about that. Or maybe he'll take a, a step back, but. I wonder if there's a world in which he probably thinks to himself, now at this scene I can have my my brutalizing a woman scene, you know? I mean, like, I'm still going to watch Quentin Tarantino movies, but I kind of get cringy every time I see these things. And then when I saw it in this, I, I had predicted in this movie that I would see feet and then that some chick is going to get brutalized. I just assumed it was Sharon Tate, you know, because of her story, but... You know, he still had, he had three women and he just fucking made it. He set one on fire. He smashed this lady in her face and he, uh, with a can. And then he just had this one guy just brutalize her by smash. And it made sense because they're bad people and they deserve what they got in the context of the story. But I mean, he's the one who wrote it. And I think to myself, is, did he write that? Did, did he write that as in, this is the part where I could do this? Cause there's scenes where they didn't need to be there, but they're there and it's cool. So I wonder if he somehow just rationalized the, or subconsciously, is this a subconscious thing? Like he doesn't even know he's doing it when he does it. Or I'm pretty, it feels so intentional though. Like it just, like it didn't need, like you could have did the same scene. It didn't have to be as gory as it had to be. And he could have picked other scenes to be gory, but he always picks these girls to be fucked up. And then, uh, yeah, I guess if they're not fucked up enough, he needs to be in the scene to like do it. Ah oh, man, dude, if he gets Star Trek, will he fuck up Aurora? Or will he create a female bad guy? And then that's the person who gets fucked up. It doesn't kind of work in Star Trek because Star Trek is, like, not violent in that way. Like, even the bad guys don't get fucking punished like that. He punishes bad people. Or good people so that when the bad guy fucks you up, it's kind of cathartic. But yeah, that's the that's what I think of um, Once Upon a Time in uh, Hollywood. I, I 
It's a good movie. I mean, I don't think a lot of my friends will like it. There's a lot of long space parts. And it's not very conducive with the people of the times. I don't really think people are into movies like this anymore. I think he's the end of an era. I do like my Quentin Tarantino, though. He used to have deeper stories, though. I don't know. I felt Kill Bill was a deep one, but everyone thought it was goofy. I thought Pulp Fiction was pretty deep, you know, a lot of cool things. But I, I felt like he didn't go deep with Hollywood, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There were some things that you, you could argue that are deep, but they weren't truly deep. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting older, and I just want more for my legends. I don't know. But uh, I, I still like the movie. Which I Would I watch it again? Yeah, I could probably watch it again. I'd be drinking, of course. There's no way I could watch that movie again sober. You know, I, I was watching it sober, and I was like, uh But yeah, I would have to be a little buzzed to watch it, to have fun with it. Find the deeper meaning of things, you know? That's what I like when I watch a movie. Try to pick apart something. I'm like, ah, what's this? But I mean, like, the most deep it ever got was him explaining the book as a parallel of his own life. But there was nothing to it, you know? It wasn't as deep as, like, say, Pulp Fiction when Samuel Jackson's going on about this this fucking Bible line that he would say all the time to kill some people. And he never really pondered it until he was face-to-face with the decision of trying to walk the earth and all that. I thought that was fucking awesome, you know? Kill Bill, I thought, was great. Here you got a scene where where you got David Carradine's character Bill is drinking shots of tequila they've built this guy to be some kind of a legend where he could kill anybody easily and all that's bullshit so he's drinking shots of tequila as he's talking to this um, lady who's about to kill him and um, it's it's never been said I'm the only one who picked up on this I just see him just drinking and he, he's starting to slur his sentences and talking and uh, when they go to fight she beats him. And I wonder if that was a thing where Bill felt bad and he was ready to die. You know, because he could have killed her at any time. He could have killed her before. You know, so I felt that was a deep thing. Here you are. You got uh, to watch Kill Bill. You got a guy who kills this girl that he supposed love and had it carried his child. And then it becomes a fucking revenge story of the, her trying to kill everybody and get to him. And there he is, finally. He could have killed her many a time, chose not to, drinks a shit ton of tequila, gives her the fight that, you know, because he's all about... Re- I felt like maybe he was trying to loosen himself up so he could dull his reflexes so she could kill him because he, he just felt really bad. I mean, that was pretty deep. I mean, Jackie Brown was pretty tight, but not as deep, I don't think. Uh, let's see here. Pulp Fiction, yeah, deep. Kill Bill, yeah. I love Django Unchained. I thought that was pretty good. And Glorious Bastard, I love. A subversion of uh, the real history. Was it deep? I don't think so. But it was good. I liked it. Well, that's it for card thoughts. I'm at work. So, uh, that's the end of my review. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Podcast For Me or hit me at my Gmail, podcastforme at gmail.com. If you have any uh, thoughts or like, comments like you didn't like it or you loved it the movie and i forgot my socks and shit oh well all right later guys hey, it's the devil and the devil is free.